And now, a brand new episode of Script to Screen, live on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM, made to be heard. Welcome to a brand new episode of Script to Screen Spotlight here on Radio Lebanon and 96.2 FM. I'm your host, Alan Mahana, and today's episode is jam-packed with underrated failures um, from both ends of the spectrum, but I can't do it alone. I can't talk about those alone, so join me in welcoming the one and only Solo to my Chewbacca Hod Solo. Hi, Alan. How are you today? I'm good, and so are the screeners, yeah. apparently. Yeah, how, how are you? <laughs> How are you, screeners? <laughs> it's Friday. Yeah. TGIF. Let's go have some French fries. Okay. You know what? I miss. I miss. Uh, um, I miss uh, what's French it fries on milkshake. No, no, no. Oh. The um, TGIF. The the restaurant. Okay. The, uh, is is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. TG, TGIF. TGIF. Yeah, the restaurant. Yeah. So good. In Lebanon, yeah. Well, I mean, it was so good. Yeah. And I totally spoke in Arabic two seconds ago. It's but okay. we're going we're gonna to let it go. Machina, ça va. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to let it go. Um, so, uh, you know, we're, we're in the fall, which is awesome. Yeah. TV seasons have started. Uh, new seasons have started. Some will be starting Very in the soon. next couple of weeks. Yep. Um, cinema box offices starting to kind of uh, we're we're starting to get pumped we're we're getting into award season award season yeah you know uh, the christmas box office which is i'm yeah. always looking forward to december movies yeah those uh, tend to be a lot of fun mm-hmm. it's going to be an interesting december this year because no star wars no star wars no marvel no nothing like we've got we're going cold turkey on this one i think i think the biggest thing will be a dc movie i'm not sure if it's december or november uh, Aquaman. Aquaman, yeah. That's it. I mean, we've got the return of Mary Poppins, but that's about it. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything that's massive. Like, as, I'm sure there are going to be a lot I mean, of good Fantastic movies. Fantastic Beasts 2 comes out in November, but I mean, yeah. it's still, it's not a December movie. Yeah. You know, like December used to be jam-packed, and yeah. this year just, it seems a little flawed. It's a bit quiet. It's all quiet on mm-hmm. the December front. It sounds like every what was the thing? It was it was the house night before Christmas and the house was quiet and yeah, yeah. something like that. <laughs> so uh, I ruined it. yeah, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right. It, it, I I do enjoy this is the time of year where I do enjoy the countdown for Christmas though because yeah. Christmas is my favorite time of the year. Yeah, well, yeah, I know really like is. like myself, I know that I'm going to be watching a night nightmare before Christmas very Always. soon. Always, you know, because you got to do that. Yeah, like like. At a Halloween or a few days after Halloween. Yeah, yeah. And then slowly start putting Christmas songs and watching the Christmas films, Elf, uh, Home Alone, Oh, you gotta Die Hard. You got to do the Home Alone. Yep. I, I got to do Home Alone, Elf, and Die Hard. Those are, and Scrooged recently. It's, I've, I've watched it for like two years. Scrooged? With, yeah. You haven't seen Scrooged? With Bill Murray. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good one. You know, one. That, that version yeah, of... Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Has a, so those are the, like the Christmas That version films. of the, A Christmas Carol. Yeah, that's hilarious. He's, yeah. he's, I like... He's, he's fantastic. Yeah. It's Bill freaking Murray. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of uh, uh, Disney's uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Have okay. you seen that? Uh, I think I've seen... Yeah, I have Where, when like, I was Scrooge a kid. Scrooge is Scrooge. Yeah. 
Um, and then like Goofy plays uh, the ghost, the first ghost that comes to visit. Mm-hmm. And it's such a good one. It's such a good one. I, yeah. I think, um, you know, back when Disney was magical. Yeah. Yeah. Mickey's Christmas Carol. Good times. Good, good times. times. Good, good, good. So uh, for any of you who follow movies and love movies, you you are sure to have, have noticed that there are a lot of actors, whether it be male or female uh, actors, that do tend to be a little underrated. Um, we love them yep. as the audience, but Hollywood doesn't seem to as much for whatever reason. Um, so we wanted to share some of our favorite underrated actors uh, and why we love them and why we think Hollywood doesn't. Hollywoods? Hollywoods. Hollywoods. Hollywood doesn't. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to go ahead and start <laughs> Yeah, off. go ahead. Do it. Um, so I'll pick, uh, I'll start with the, the male actor. Yeah. Because we did two of each, right? Absolutely. Um, so uh, my favorite uh, underrated actor would have to be Sean Bean. Ooh. The guy that dies. The guy that <laughs> dies. Um, I don't know why Hollywood decided <laughs> to give him this kind of a status or this kind of a, a, a legacy, but... Um, yeah, he's the guy that dies. He mm-hmm. is literally, um, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, he's so good. I mean, he was amazing as Boromir in, yeah. in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I think he, his performance was so captivating. Um, Ned Stark, Game of Thrones. Of course. The first, uh, uh, massive shattering of, oh, this is that kind of a show. The beginning of many heartbreaks. <laughs> the beginning of, of the masochistic relationship yeah. we have with, with, uh, Game of Thrones. He was also in a movie called The Island, mm-hmm. uh, The Martian, yeah. uh, Troy. Yeah. And he was also in Goldeneye. Yes, true. He was 006. Yeah. Yes. He was in Goldeneye. Yeah. I mean, the guy The guy is really good. He also had a, like a short stint on television, a TV series that was only like two seasons long called um, Legend, which mm-hmm. was really, I mean, it was okay. It wasn't great. But I, I just don't know why Hollywood doesn't seem to like him. I love him. He's, he's a very like, he's got this nice, like, especially now, he's got this like very nice paternal thing going mm-hmm. on. Like this, I don't know, brooding... Old guy. You know who he reminds me of a bit? Who? Uh, Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper. Uh, what was he in? Uh, adaptation. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Chris they, Cooper. They kind of have, uh, physically they look alike, and they kind of have that calm and yeah, po- they're very yeah. poised. I, I do like Sean Bean. He's, he, he, I mean, he's like the most popular Lord of the Rings meme ever. Yes. You know, that one doesn't go uh, to Mordor. Mordor yeah. you know? like, he's the most popular Lord of the Rings meme ever. Apparently he's not that popular in Hollywood. I, I don't know why. Maybe he's hard to work with. I have no idea. It's but, weird. It's but, weird. Because, I mean, the guy can act. It's not like he yeah. can't act. He's talented. He's, he's talented. very talented. He's, 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 he's had some good roles. I, I loved him in Game of Thrones. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, he is Ned Stark, dude. He's, he's yeah. He, 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 I think he's one of the reasons why the show kicked off so so, so well, so they powerfully. A, yeah. yeah, they had the perfect fit. But, I mean, it's sad that Ned Stark had the same end as, as Boromir. Yeah, it's, but, I mean, but he does tend to die in a lot of his movies. He does. He does. I, I don't know. I'm sure there's an article on YouTube that will tell you how many screen deaths. Oh, I'm he's sure. Had. I'm sure it's and somewhere. James Bo- and Goldeneye, he dies. He dies. Yeah, yeah. He was. I think my dad. The last time he saw Goldeneye, he goes, "I have something funny to tell you." And I go, "What?" And he goes, "You know, Sean Bean 
didn't start his dying legacy in Lord of the Rings. It was way before. Yeah. And I go, what? And he goes, Goldeneye. <laughs> and I go, oh no. You know, like, are you serious? <laughs> so it was a very funny moment. But like, yeah, so Sean Bean is one of my favorite underrated actors. All right. Mine is someone you also really love and I I just adore. It's Alan Rickman, the uh, late Alan Rickman. My heart breaks. And Alan Rickman, I mean, already you have that voice. That amazing voice which brought so much to each performance and the guy had range and the guy did it all he he, he yeah, started but, he started off as Hans Gruber yeah I was just gonna say like, let, like, let's let's make this very clear yeah. one of the biggest reasons why he's your one of your favorite underrated actors is because he is one of your favorite villains in Die Hard well, yes he's fantastic in <laughs> Die Hard he is he, and he's he's Snape in, in uh, he Harry Potter which is something you love I'm a fan of Harry Potter but I'm not a Pothead. Potterhead. Potterhead. Not pothead. Those okay, mean different. very different things. I, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, he was fantastic as, uh, as Snape. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think there was anybody could have embodied Snape the way Alan Rickman did he, by he, far. You, you love him, you hate him, and in the end, you just cry for him, yeah. and, and you love that character so much. He's one of the favorite characters in, in the Harry Potter oh, he's universe. Oh, hugely beloved. He, definitely hugely like top, beloved. top three. Uh, he, he always makes it on that list. Uh, and I, there's a role I love. Uh, I think even more than in Die Hard and uh, in Harry Potter, it's Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which is not, yes. a very, it's not a very good film. But he steals the show as the Sheriff of Nottingham. He has some of the best lines. Uh, you don't think Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves is good? I think it's an okay Robin Hood adaptation. Kevin Costner was very bad for me in that movie. Really? His accent is all over the place. Really? You can feel him like... Interesting. Like I haven't a, seen it in a really long time. Check it out. And check, check it out his accent. It used to be one of my favorites. As a kid, I loved it. But I, I watched mean, it again recently. It's fun. It doesn't lose that. But... No, I'm certain it's going to be still a much better representation of Robin Hood than Russell Crowe's or the new one that's coming out. Yeah, the 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 one with uh, t t uh, why did I forget his name? The guy from Kingsman. Yeah, Taron Egg. Taron Egg Eggharts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that looks like a. Sh yeah, let's. I don't. Let's see. You know. so I think it's going to be the new Arthur, like last year. Well, Robin which Hood. which uh, which flopped. It, yeah. So Alan Rickman Much as, to the as, as of Charlie Hunnam because yeah. I loved him as an Arthur, but yeah, yeah. So. Uh, as uh, the sheriff of Nottingham, he was hilarious. He was mm -hmm. funny. He was scary. He was menacing. He had some of the best scenes in the film. Uh, he he's a fabulous actor, and he I is. think he has been overlooked. He passed away. We won't be seeing him in a lot of movies it's now. Very but, sad, but, yeah. but go back, watch his cinematography. Uh, he has a lot of uh, really good movies. He's in Love Actually. He has a very cute yeah, I was role. just going to say, Love Actually, come on. I think he was in Sense and, Sense, Sense and Sensibility. Yes, he uh, was. Those very kind of British films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's done... Uh, oh, and he's uh, in Galaxy Quest. He is in Galaxy uh, Quest. And uh, he also has a very... All his... You see now they're popping up. Yeah. Because yeah. I like... I thought they're of some... They're very different. They're so, yeah. He has such a huge uh, a spectrum of... Uh, absolutely. Of, of, uh, of roles. Yeah. It's it's fantastic.
So it's who's, really, really who? fantastic. Well, um, mine is strangely enough. Uh, I I wouldn't have thought that um, I wouldn't have thought that he would have been an, uh, considered an underrated actor. Um, but mine, my second male underrated actor, favorite male underrated actor, would have to be none other than Ewan McGregor. Oh yes, I love him. I adore him. The man. Not only can the man sing. But he, he I mean, act. act, but he could also he can sing because <laughs> um, his performance in Moulin Rouge is just ah, oh, his voice. Bless my soul. Yeah. Um, but he's also been in uh, uh, Train Spotting, which is a great film. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also in The Island, strangely enough. Yeah. Um, um, because we mentioned the island. He was in Star Wars, the Star Wars prequels. Um, for a lot of us out there, he is Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, I'm one of these people. Yeah, I, well, I agree big, with you. I'm a big fan of, of Ewan's Obi-Wan. Um, and he was also in a, in a romantic comedy that I don't think did well in the box office, but it is one of my favorite romantic comedies. It's called Down With Love, and it's with Renee Zellweger. It is such a stylized yeah. movie. It's so funny. It's so witty. Um, it's it's colorful. It's, it's uh, creative. Um, and it's set in like the 1950s and whatever. It's super good. I love it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ewan is is underrated. He doesn't get used a lot. You don't see him in movies constantly. Um, although he is a little more, a little less underrated than Sean Bean is. Yeah. Um, he still counts as underrated. Um, uh, so uh, for me, he's he's fantastic. I mean, recently he was in Christopher Robin, mm-hmm. um, but that movie didn't do well either. Yeah. It didn't do as well as. Disney uh, hoped, I think. Um, but I love his, I don't know, man. Like, he's one of those actors you just love to watch. Yeah, he, he's, I think he's the kind of person you just want to go have a pint with. Yeah. Have be his, just, I mean, like, he's, oh, and then Angels and Demons. Yeah. He was so good in that. Yeah. Um, but again, like, you love to watch him. I love to watch him on the screen. Uh, his charisma, his charm, his... I don't know. It just feels like he's he's someone who is genuine. True. You know what I mean? Um, like close to the heart, genuine uh, kind of actor. You yeah. know? Like I'd love to meet him and be like, "Hey, bring it in for a hug." What's up, man? What's up, Ewan? What's up? <laughs> that's that's my second second actor. All right. So my second actor is uh, uh, an older actor named. John Lithgow. Oh, hats off, sir. This guy, this guy. Look at again. you with the two British actors. He, he, no, John Lithgow, I believe, is not British. He isn't? No. I no. could have sworn he was. Je ne crois pas. I don't think so, no. Really? Yeah. That completely throws me off no, because John, I've seen him in a lot of British movies. British no, performances. He, he was in in the, he he was in a series called uh, Third Rock from the Sun. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Was, he is American. Yeah, with uh, Jay, oh, Jason, that drives Joseph, me crazy. Yep, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, fantastic, hilarious performance, over the top and just crazy. And then you see him I in, love in, that in show. shows. I miss that show. Uh, he was in Dexter, and yes. in Dexter he was so good, such a bad. Evil serial killer, the Trinity killer. Back, he was. Yeah, it yeah, was amazing. Yeah. And then he has uh, the Crown. Uh, he he did a perfect uh, Winston Churchill. I was gonna say betrayal. his where his Winston Churchill is with uh, for competes me, with, with Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And then and then he has so many movies here and there, and he's done so much, and he's been in in the industry for so long. 
And I also think he's someone that that can do a lot. He has these these roles of psychotic killers, and he has these roles where he's the now at this age the the grandpa. I watched uh, recently Daddy's Home too, which is not a good movie, but he's so cute and adorable. You just want him to be your pop pop, and just <laughs> yeah, like yeah, hug yeah. him and stay with yeah. him and let him tell you your stories. Uh, I really like this guy. I think he does have range. I think he does have talent. I think he, he Hollywood doesn't appreciate him enough. Mm-hmm. And I think people should watch his movies. So that's my uh, second uh, pick. Well, awesome. Uh, We're uh, down to our female actresses. The now. ladies. The ladies. So um, both of my female actresses are actually from the television world, mostly. Yes. Um, so my first one is Madeline Stowe. Okay, yes. Um, she was in 12 Monkeys. She was in Last of the Mohicans. Um, but she was also in Revenge, and that was kind of mm-hmm. the recently what kind of yeah. really put her on the map. The lady is just so good. Mm-hmm. She's so beautiful. She's uh, She's got that, like sassy wit about her she's not like she can't i can't see her playing a damsel in distress you know like i can't see her playing those roles and then her performance in 12 monkeys is just yeah crazy massive wow so good um but again like revenge is over and we don't see her anymore Mm -hmm. like it's she's just she's faded she disappeared you know, and I think, uh, yeah, I think she's definitely underrated. I, I would love to see her in some in some stuff. Like, I would have loved to see her in something like House of Cards. I would have loved to see her in, the, you know, like those complex, mm-hmm. flawed, you know, like dark and twisty kind of roles. Because that's sort of what her character was in Revenge. But obviously, Revenge is like soapy, and like you're you're not yeah. gonna get that range of complexity and and whatever. Um, but she was definitely one of my favorite characters on mm-hmm. revenge like she was a character you love to hate you know yeah uh, victoria grayson Ooh. um yeah that was her name on revenge so um yeah for me she's one of she's one of my favorite underrated actresses okay i'm also going to go for for someone who's more known on tv okay uh, it's emmy rossum from uh shameless shameless i was gonna say meet, meet the gallagher's you. yeah Fiona, Fiona Gallagher. Yeah. Uh, I think also the girl is very talented because Shameless is a very messed up kind of show, which is sometimes Huge, very funny. Hugely messed up. Sometimes very dark, sometimes very depressing, sometimes very sad. So the show itself uh, is a vehicle for her talent. Yeah. And, and she has those very uh, lovey-dovey scenes and you love that character and sometimes you hate that character. And I love when when someone can do that. And, and she's been in, in, in a few movies but I think she's not utilized properly. And she was in uh, the day after tomorrow. She was in the day after tomorrow. Phantom, she was of, in the Phantom of the Opera and uh, she was in Poseidon. A very, yeah, that, no, that was not. Uh, no, uh, yes, she was. But yeah, uh, so she she does have her. Yeah. She, she is talented, and I want to see and her. And she sings. Yeah, absolutely. I want to see her take on a nice role in Hollywood. Maybe maybe a superhero character. Maybe uh, maybe uh, she she's you know she's uh, age wise she's convenient uh, to to carry a certain franchise. She's talented enough. She can do. She maybe can do after, a lot. Maybe you know. Maybe after Shameless Shameless is over. Well, well she's she uh, will be. I mean, she'll be freed up. Well, right? he, here's what's happening. She's actually. I think this is her last season on Shameless. Oh. After that, she's leaving. So uh, oh, let's no. see. Let's see what she does. I don't like it when TV shows do this. Like yeah. when when you start getting like some of your lead actors when they start, you know, dropping off, and you've been on for like nine years. Like, yeah. uh, and somebody somebody that is so 
important, the core of the vital. show. Yeah, like, it's her and Frank. I think those are the two like main main characters. Hmm. Frank, played by uh, also a uh, kind of underrated actor, William H. Uh, Macy. Macy. Uh, so yeah, so let's see how that's that really show goes. But do you think do you think she'll like leave or she'll move away? Is uh, that's how they write her in? I don't know what they'll do. Leaves. I have no idea because there's nothing that points. I, I don't feel like this is a show that will kill off characters. It's it's crazy enough to do that. Really? But they might do it in a funny way or they might do it, I don't know how, or maybe she'll just like move away and just let the kids, because she's the mother figure in the show yeah, and maybe she'll, she'll let the kids just, yeah. you know, take care of yourselves. It's time for me. Because she's always had that issue of, is it me or fam the family yeah, who would yeah, like take that, care that of? That struggle. Of, that yeah. struggle. So, yeah. So who's uh, your final uh, lady? Uh, my final lady is the one and only Elizabeth Mitchell. Okay. Uh, Elizabeth uh, Mitchell was. I'm a bit. I'm a bit lost. Who is she? Uh, yeah, she's she's basically known for her role on Lost. Uh, that's where a lot of us fell in love with Elizabeth Mitchell. But she was also in a movie called Frequency, which which was a pretty good, okay, uh, kind of like sci-fi thriller. And she was also on ER for uh, a while. Um, and most recently, she's on my favorite sci-fi show, The Expanse. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Oh, you haven't gotten there yet. No? Yeah, she's on The Expanse, and her role is awesome. Okay, I can't wait. Now um, I'm even more pumped to yeah, watch it. I think she's so good. Um, I'm not 100% sure range-wise how far she can go. Okay. Um, because uh, the majority of the characters that we've seen her in are sort of similar. Mm -hmm. um, and this role... I don't know. I don't remember her that much. On it's been such a long time since I've seen Lost, um, but I feel like it is very similar to her role on on Lost. Um, but I love her. She's someone who captivates you on camera. Every scene she's in, she is a master of. Um, yeah, she's just she's very underrated for me. Okay. Yeah. Who's my, your my, my final my final actress is? I think everyone knows her. Uh, it's Elena Bonham Carter. Tim Burton's ex-wife. Tim, Tim Burton, yep. <laughs> She's, Although that was the ultimate couple, was it not? It was a very interesting couple. It was just, I mean, like a match made they, in... They made he heaven, heaven, hell... Limbo? <laughs> in the parallel universe. I think also, but I'm using this a lot, but she also has range because she can oh, play... she does. She can play the cuckoo character, the crazy, deranged... Uh, a character like also, and she was in Harry Potter. She oh, yeah. was uh, be be Bellatrix Lestrange. Yep, there you go. That's why you're the Harry Potter expert. Thank you. Very she much. was uh, the Queen of Hearts in Alice in Wonderland. Yep. So also cuckoo crazy. Mm -hmm. But then you have her in more serious roles like uh, uh, the King's Wife in The King's Speech. Mm -hmm. uh, very mm -hmm. poised, very different, and very believable. Uh, Hilarious. She played his wife, and now she's about to play his daughter. Exactly. Which hey. Is, which is, <laughs> Talk about range. Game of Thrones kind of like. Yeah. Because she is going to be in the new season of, of The Crown. Season three. Of The yeah, Crown. Which takes place a, a bunch couple of, of years, years later. Yeah. yeah. So, so again, this lady has range. She was in Fight Club. She was excellent oh, yeah. in that. Oh. Uh, I think people don't appreciate her uh, well enough. And she's a person who has a lot of talent and can do... A lot. A she lot can sing. She can sing oh, too. Yeah, yeah. She was. She was in Sweeney, Sweeney Todd. Todd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. So fantastic lady, fantastic list. Both of uh, both lists. I think these people go watch their movies. Check them out. They have a lot of hidden gems. Uh, if you haven't heard of any of them, do check them out. Really. Yeah, absolutely. Are you looking? Are you looking forward to season three of The Crown? 
I still have to watch season two. Oh, it's yeah. so good. I, I started a couple of episodes, but I had to stop. It's so uh, good. But I do want to pick I it up. I liked it because it kind of like uh, stepped away from Elizabeth a little bit. Like okay. it was more concerned about the people surrounding her, which is very interesting because you get mm. season one is very much about her. Yep. And now season two is more about the people around her. So I'm very curious as to how mm. things will change. And So um, box office bombs. Yeah, that... So, so what is an, uh, a box office? A box office bomb is as follows. I don't know. I needed a jingle or something. Yeah. Okay. So the box office bomb means that a film is made for a particular budget. Yep. And then after being released in the movie theaters, doesn't even come close. Doesn't doesn't do well. Nope. Doesn't do well, and boom. Not H- at all. Hence the bomb. Hence. The bomb. The negative come because you know sometimes like you're the bomb. So it's like good good thing. Yeah, no, no, in this case, it's a negative it's a bomb flop. for sure. It's, yeah, for sure. So it is a flop. That's what you call it. a box office bomb or a box office flop. So like an example would be let's say recently Solo. Yeah, I was just gonna say, could that be our honorary box office flop for the episode? For, for, yeah, that's like <laughs> sponsored by Solo. Sponsored by Solo. How not to make a Star Wars movie? A Star Wars story that bombed. Yeah. <laughs> Although I did, I did download it. Okay, and you want to watch it again? I do want to watch it again. Ah, that could be for like a second chance. A kind second of thing. chance maybe, kind of maybe. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and start. Okay. Since I started last time, you go I'll this start. time. I'll start. I'm going to start with the classic film from 1980 called uh, Heaven's Gate. He- Heaven's Gate is a movie that was talked about very negatively for many years because. This is the movie that made the studio United Artists, which was created by Charlie Chaplin mm-hmm. initially, close down. Aye, aye, aye. It flopped so badly that they had to close the studio and never open it again. Talk about Apocalypse Now. So, so yeah. <laughs> so, so it's it's directed by Michael Cimino, which is the director of The Deer Hunter. So in 78, he did The Whoa. Deer Hunter, which was a masterpiece. Two years later, he does Heaven's, uh, Heaven's Gates. And it's... It's a very long film. Ouch. The initial cut was like four and a half hours, five hours long. It was like really, long. Well, I mean, really come long. on. Uh, Ridley Scott's, uh, what is it? Exodus King, uh, Gods and Kings was, the initial cut was six hours. Yeah. Well, but thank God it wasn't. <laughs> so, so this is what happened. It stars Chris Christopherson, uh, Christopher Walken, Jeff Bridges, Isabelle Huppert, uh, big names. So, so it's big names, big director, everything for like a perfect movie to work. It had a $44 million budget. So we're talking back in 88. So it's uh, in the eight uh, in 1980, sorry. So, so a huge, massive budget. It gets 3.5 million dollars at oh, the box no, office. Oh, that is horrendous. Uh, it resulted in, uh, b- back then, the studios were very director oriented. Yeah. Directors called the shots and so mm-hmm. on. And that's another reason why we shifted more to the studio. Yeah. Uh, because theme. they couldn't trust directors yep. anymore. Because yeah. uh, this is one of the movies that, that caused that. And the movie had bad press about animal cruelty, about killing horses on set. Oh, jeez. And it was just a fiasco. Now, with time and different kinds of cuts, people started watching it and started appreciating the movie a bit more. But the harm had been done. Oh yeah, I mean, once you once you go that far, yeah. you can't go once back. Once you close something as iconic as United Artists, again, something founded by by Chaplin. Yeah, yeah. It shows that it's a big boo boo. Yeah, yeah, massive boo boo. Um, okay, so uh, the first film. So the way I I'm going to be talking about my films yep. are um, essentially from. 
uh, uh, least bad to horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to start off with two of them, uh, or the first one and the second one are basically very similar in how much they lost, but okay. they were still flops. Um, and the last one is just massive. So the first one is uh, 13 Hours, The Secret Men of Benghazi. Yeah. Um, which I personally loved. Okay. Um, I like it when Michael Bay does things that don't have to do with Transformers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it was made for a $50 million budget. Um, domestically, it grossed $52.8 million. Mm-hmm. Nice. And globally, so worldwide, with foreign box office, the total amount it made is 69.4. So they essentially only made $19 million extra. <laughs> Oh on top of the budget. So this is definitely a flop. Now, um, I don't know why a movie like this would flop. In all, on all counts, this is an action film that sh- people should enjoy. But this was going around the time when, uh, you know, pro-American army films and pro-war, if you will. It's not really pro-war, but it, it does kind of, uh, it does romanticize war in, in a, to a certain degree. So... I think this is why it didn't do as well because people were just very tired of these movies. Although now when you look at the box office, you see a lot of war films coming back out. Um, It starred John Krasinski. So this was essentially the beginning of the relationship between John Krasinski and Michael Bay, Mm -hmm. um, who would later help him produce A Quiet Place and then who would later produce Jack Ryan. Yeah. So I guess this is a good collaboration between these two men. Um, I loved it. I thought it was a great movie. It had some great action set pieces. Um, Michael Bay's directing is really good in this film. Um, He doesn't do a lot of his typical stuff. Um, It's just good. It's a good action film. The soundtrack is really good, but obviously it just didn't connect well with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's my first one. All right. My my second one is because, okay, a box office bomb doesn't mean it's a bad movie. Oh no! It doesn't have sometimes. To. Sometimes it's a, it's a good movie that's maybe misunderstood, yeah. and, and that's the perfect example of my second movie, which and, is and mine too. Yeah, which is <laughs> Donnie Darko. Ah, okay. Donnie Darko is Monsieur with Monsieur Jake uh, Gyllenhaal. Uh, Gyllenhaal. We do love the Jake Gyllenhaal. Here. Yeah, he's uh, fantastic, uh, and it's directed by uh, Richard Kelly. Mm-hmm. Now it's a very weird movie. Which <laughs> I think you have to you have to watch weird. you have to watch more than once absolutely to start and to, to, like to get it but it's a very philosophical movie huge it poses a lot of questions very interesting film mm-hmm. and so when it came out the, it was budgeted at uh, six million dollars mm-hmm. and made five hundred and seventeen thousand dollars in the U S box office okay but seven million dollars worldwide so it made like a million yikes okay one point five million yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and, and I, I, and it was released in a limited amount of screens. Yeah. It didn't have a like very massive release. Right. So what happens with the movie is people hate it and it flops at the box office and it does really poorly and terribly. But then back then DVD rental was some was like trendy. The big um, thing. The blockbuster, I think. Yeah. Not. And people started to rent it and to watch it and rewatch it and started to get it and to start having conversations about the movie. And it became a, a cult, cult classic. Classic. Yeah. And it's a very good movie with very good performances, with a very nice story, which... Some great cinematography, which, too. Wow, some great shots, exactly. And it makes you think and it makes you wonder and ask questions. Mm-hmm. And the ending is never clear. And it's never straight to the point. Very ambiguous, yeah. Many interpretations, and that's the beauty of the film. And I think that's what 
hurt the movie initially yeah. when it came out. Yeah, because I agree. Because let's be frank, a lot of people don't want to think and don't want to overanalyze. Yeah, it's not that. It's, it's that also endings are very, very, yeah. very sensitive to a film. Uh, there's a I don't remember who said this, but there's this really famous person that said, you know, a, a movie is uh, the most important thing of a, a a film is all about the last act or okay. something along those lines. Like the last act of the movie is the most important thing, and mm-hmm. that's because that's the thing that you leave with. Yeah. And so if the last act of the film and the ending of a film isn't something that is satisfactory to an audience, the majority of the audience is going to hate the movie. True. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and it involves uh, time travel and parallel universes yeah, yeah. and I physics. Mean, very, and very, like, very, very, very yeah. meta and whatnot. So that's my second movie, Don- Donnie Darko. Nice. So my second film has very a very similar kind of storyline behind it uh, as far as the film itself, not the narrative of the, uh, of the film. That was very confusing. <laughs> so um, the, it is a really, really good movie. It just did not do well in the box office. Yep. And the film is a stop motion animation um, by the name of Kubo and the Two Strings. I loved that film. And that it was, was a box office flop. Wow. Yeah. It was It was Oscar nominated. It was, best, but it was a yeah. box office flop. Wow, like wow. it did not do well in the box office. So it was made for $57.8 million. It made $48 million domestically wow and i think what made it get to the oscars was its international kind of uh um a popularity because of the fact that worldwide with foreign box office it ended up making close to 70 million dollars but again Mm -hmm. in comparison to the 57 million that it was made for this isn't a big um it's not a big gap. I mm-hmm. mean, it's 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 not a big number change. It's not a big profitable number. Um, you know, 57 mil, and then you end up making 70 mil worldwide. It's not profitable. Yeah. Uh, not as much as you would want it to be. But Kuba and the Two Strings is probably one of my favorite stop motion animation. I think it topped A Nightmare Before Christmas for me. Wow, okay. Because of the storyline, because of the way that it is handling the idea of death and the idea of... Um, uh, family and the idea of storytelling and the importance of storytelling and just the way that it is done and the music and the mythos of it is just so beautiful. It's such a beautiful film and it's so full of heart. Um, but I, for whatever reason, I just don't think that it connected well with the audience because I think a lot of the audience thought that this was a children's film. And mm. I don't think that this is a stop motion animation for children. I think this is a stop motion animation film for adults. Um, I think the marketing was off. Here's what what's interesting about your two movies. Mm-hmm. So the director of the movie is called uh, Travis Knight, if uh-huh. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, for Kubo. Yeah. Yeah. And his next project is a Michael Bay project. It's Bumblebee. He's directing that. Whoa. I had read about it and I just double checked now. Interesting. So, so I wasn't that excited about Bumblebee, but when I read that, yeah. I thought that could be interesting if yeah. he's going to bring that storytelling yeah, yeah, aspect, yeah, yeah, yeah. that smoothness to the story. Oh, that's that, so interesting. So, yeah, he's directing. Worlds colliding. Yeah. 
Plus, it has John Cena. And it's about time people know, because we've discussed this, you and me. I enjoy watching WWE. And I'm not ashamed of it. It's fun. Stop it. (laughs) Best performances ever. Stop it. (laughs) Okay, what is your third and final film? (laughs) Okay, so I thought we had two movies. So I don't have the numbers for the third film. Oh, okay. But I'll tell you what it is. It's also very similar to Donnie Darko. It's it's Blade Runner, the first one. And Blade Runner, the the, the interesting story behind Blade Runner is... We've spoken about Blade Runner on the... It was on the panel. We spoke about Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it it, it, it flopped at, at the initial release. Hugely. And again, because... People just didn't get it. Because people didn't understand. And because there were so many cuts. There's like 973 cuts <laughs> in the movie. The director's cut, the TV cut, the... So, but with time, again, with people rewatching it and really appreciating it, and and when you you dive into the movie and you see how technically perfect the film is, the music is just it's so relevant to what you yeah. see on on film and uh, the performances. Harrison, I think it's one of Harrison Ford's best performances. Agreed. Like as as like really acting. Agreed. Uh, because he's fun as Indiana Jones. He's I love him as Han Solo, but I can I can see that he isn't as intense as in Blade Runner. I mean, if if it was if if he didn't feel something towards the character, I think he would have never come back for mm-hmm. the sequel. Uh, whereas I feel like they had to convince him to come back to for, Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, this for him was like, yeah, sure, definitely. Exactly. Know? Decker, right? Decker, absolutely. And again, with time and cult yeah. following and cult classic, it became a big movie. And ironically, the 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 follow-up, Blade Runner 2049, also flopped. Yeah. And, it did. And I do hope but that... I love it. I, I adored so it. Good. It was one of my favorite so movies. Yeah. And I hope with time, people will also watch it appreciate and start it. Yeah. to appreciate it. And maybe we'll have a third sequel in 20 years. In, in, <laughs> 30 years. May we be alive. Yes. Um, uh, so my final film is what almost cost Disney its legacy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a film, it's a sci-fi film um, by the name of John Carter. Which I enjoyed a lot. I, I have a weird guilty pleasure yeah. for this film as well. Uh, so it's called John Carter. It was made for $250 million and domestically in the United States only made seven. Yeah. Isn't it John Lasseter? Who, who, no, some, uh, Andrew Stanton. Yeah, directed Andrew Stanton it. Yeah, directed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, who, yeah. I mean, how could you come off from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and mm. then do John Carter and mm. then go... Boom. Um, so, and then, then because of its popularity overseas, strangely enough, it ends up making worldwide, it ends up making $284 million. But again, that's only $30 million Profit. Above, yeah. yeah, that's only thirty million profit. Um, it almost cost Disney everything. This was a huge loss for Disney, um, which kind of made them re-strategize and go into doing Frozen and Tangled, and they that's when they revitalized yeah. their Disney strategy. And, and this was supposed to be like a set of movies, the John. Oh yeah, Carter it was series. supposed to be a franchise because yeah. it's based on a book series that are very much loved. They have a huge following, a huge fan base, um, but. It, I think this film's loss is down to Disney dropping, not making it sci-fi enough, mm-hmm. and then also horribly marketing the film. I think this was a this is a huge marketing error on on Disney's end. But um, yeah, so this is it for my third box office bomb. That's good choice. Yeah. I, I like them. They kind of varied and and different kind of movies. I wanted to make sure that I kind of picked a bunch of different Mm -hmm. random, you know, different genres, different uh, styles. Yeah. uh, Just to show that in the world of cinema, 
You either win the box office or you die. Don't forget that this is sponsored by Solo, a Star Wars movie <laughs> yeah. that failed at the box office. Exactly. Even Star Wars is not uh, safe. Uh, safe from box uh, from being a box office flop. Yes. So, as always on our Spotlight episodes, we are going to talk about our unforgettable scenes for today. It's not a, a second chance. Hopefully next week we'll have a second chance uh, movie. Uh, it should be yours because the last time was mine. Yes. So and I talked. Do you remember how much I talked last time? Yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> do you want? Do you want to do the rebuttal? No, no. Let's okay. let's talk about it. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about a different second chance movie next. Okay, week. okay, okay, okay. So, um, unforgettable scenes. I'm gonna talk about a scene from Down with Love, actually, which is uh, one of the films that Ewan McGregor was in. Yep. Um, it's a sequence between Ewan McGregor and Renee Zellweger. They're having a phone conversation. They're in two different locations, but the way that the camera and the framing and the effects are, it makes them seem like they're actually. Um, getting a little uh, sexy Physical uh, Yeah, getting a little physical, if you will Because at one point he is doing uh, push-ups As he is talking to her on the phone And they have him on the top side of the screen And yep. she's on her back on the bottom side of the screen And, you know, so it's very innuendo It's very mm -hmm. filled with innuendo It's very smart, it's very witty And I remember watching this scene And having a huge smile on my face just because of the creativity, mm -hmm. because of the, it, it, it's not, it's not innovative by any means, but it's just extremely creative and stylistic and it's so juicy good. Like it's just such a great scene and it wouldn't have been this great if the actors were not able to pull it off, pull it off. Yeah. It really wouldn't have, but the scene is so, so well done. It's so well done. Nice. I think I've watched the movie, but I'm trying to remember it. I I I think they sing "Fly Me to the Moon" together. I think so. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah There's yeah, a version do. where he sings and then she sings. Yeah, yeah. Or if yeah. not "Fly Me to the Moon," another Sinatra it's song. It's something Sinatra. It's a Sinatra I mean, song. Again, it's set in the '50s. Yeah. It's set in that era. Um, and it, but it's it's so good. It's so witty. It's so good. I think it's a very underappreciated uh, a romantic comedy. Yeah. yeah. And I'm normally not a huge fan of romantic comedies because I feel like they kind of repeat themselves. Mm -hmm. But this one just didn't. It offered something new in the way that it was in the dialogue, the witty dialogue, the speed of it, the rhythm. Just very very fun movie. Nice. Down with love. Down with love. Not sponsored by. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So my scene is going to be from a movie I talked about uh, from the box office bombs. Okay. And it's going to be from actually Blade Runner. Oh, okay. And it's the final scene of the movie oh. after Harrison Ford goes uh, into the house and there's a big fight with uh, him and uh, uh, Roy Batty. Oh, uh, yeah, the yeah. Character. Are you talking about the monologue scene? Yeah. Oh. The, the tears in the rain. Yes. Uh. And I'm just going to read like four lines, the last four lines, I guess, from... Uh, his uh, speech, his uh, yeah. You know his, that actor is also very underappreciated too. Yeah, true. We'll talk about him uh, <laughs> next time. Next time. So he's like, I've seen, I've seen things your people wouldn't believe. Uh, attack ships on fire off the shoulders of Orion. Wait, wait, wait. I, I think I have the, I think I have the Tears of Rain track here somewhere. Oh, I do, I do, I do. Wait for it. Wait. I'm, we're so going to do this. We're going to replicate the we're, replicas. We're going we're gonna to try to replicate this. We're going to try and play Tears in Rain as you read this. I'm going to ruin this, but I'll try. I mean, no, I mean, I, I'm sure you'll do fine. Okay, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Um, 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 ah, what is happening? Okay. Uh, ready for it? Yep. Ready, Freddy? Okay. I'm going to lower this and, and go. 
I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> Attack ships. <laughs> I can't do this. Ah, oh, come on. Okay, on fire off the shoulders of Orion. I watch sea beams glitter in the dark. In the dark near that. That's a hard word. Gate. All those moments will be lost in time, like tears in the rain. Time to die. Ah. Oh. I mean, I feel it. Yeah. Do you feel it? I don't. I, I, I destroy. <laughs> if anyone wants to see the scene, I think they'll be like, "Nah, I don't think we're gonna." Uh, but but it, but but it's very interesting that you brought up the music because also this is something that intensifies that scene and oh, humanizes absolutely. because he is a replicant in the movie yes, and it yes, humanizes yes. him and it makes us wonder. What is it like to be human? What 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 is it to be? Is he more human than a human being? Because he spares Deckard's life. Yes. And and it's such a beautiful scene and so well filmed with all the rain coming and like, and that final scene like tears in the, the uh, that final sentence like tears, tears in the rain in yeah. the rain is so meaningful and can be interpreted in so many different ways. Yeah. And, yeah. And what a beautiful scene and what a perfect. It's not the final scene in the movie. It's pre the no, final yeah, scene. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's towards, towards the, the conclusion. Yeah, yeah, it's towards, towards the, the that final kind of the denouement, as you yeah. call it in... in Fantastic. Uh, yeah, in uh, in cinematic terms. And, and again, what I loved is they bring back that piece of music and the uh, Blade Runner 2049 when well, Ryan right, Gosling... That, that version of it is the 2049 version. Yeah. Uh, it's not the... It's very... But it's very similar. It's I mean, very, it's, it is very similar. It's... it's I mean, quasi identical. If yeah, you want. I mean, yeah, and you gotta you gotta hand it to you gotta hand it to the composer yeah. of uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine because he was so it ain't it ain't easy trying to. I think it was Zimmer, wasn't it Zimmer? I'm not sure. I uh, I think it was Zimmer um, because I mean nobody could have done it. Nobody could have pulled that off aside from Zimmer. Honestly, uh, I think it was uh, where, is it? where is it? Where is it? Soundtrack. Blade. Oh, no, no, no. It was, um, it's, let's see. Uh, well, this is, this is great. Composer. Let's see. I, I think. Music. Benjamin. By, yeah. So it's Ben, it's, it's Benjamin Wolfish, but it's also so with, with Hans, Hans Zimmer. Zimmer. Yeah. And Hans Zimmer did the final mastering and the final kind of like touches and yeah. whatever. And I think that was a very smart choice on, on the studio and Denis Villeneuve's yeah. end because Han is very influenced by, um, you know, the, the, um, I, every time I, I forget their name, uh, the, the original composer of Blade Runner, um, well, this is just. This is terrible, James Horner. No, 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 no. It's it's a it's a it's a band. I think. Um, Bob Marley and the. Warriors. I don't. I don't ah, know. This is terrible. Well, obviously we have no right being hosts of Script Screen oh at this God. moment. This is so shameful. Um, but it, it's but very yes. similar. It's very. It's very similar. authentic. It's very. It feels part of the world, which is kind of what Michael Giacchino did with Rogue One soundtrack, mm -hmm. and you know, it kind of. Uh, quasi making it John Williams and you know on the day that John Williams retires if we're gonna get more Star Wars saga films I can't see anyone else besides Giacchino taking over yeah absolutely because um, he does such a great great job with it yes so here we are at the end of our spotlight episode of course if you want to catch us again you can do so tomorrow yep. we won't be too far off at 3 uh, at 3 p.m. 
Same um, same time, 3 p.m., yeah. same place, Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM. If you want to follow us on social media, you can do so at Alamahana on my end and... Had.solo. On his end. Uh, you can also check out our website, script2screenpod.com. Now, there will be some changes happening to our website, so if you end up checking it out and finding that you can't seem to log in, it's because we're shifting things over uh, uh, to a better uh, podcast hoster. Um, uh, uh, so, you know, we'll keep you updated. Yep. Don't worry about that. You can also listen to us on Enrami, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Podchasers, Podchasers. Podbean. You can see some of our episodes on YouTube. Yeah, you cannot see Spotlight episodes on but YouTube, you but you news can hour. see yep. News Hour episodes on YouTube. So make sure you check those out as well. We want to thank you guys so much for being yeah. uh, uh, great, loyal screeners. Yeah, and, let, and let us know what box office bombs you like or dislike. And some underrated actors and actresses. We 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 love to have your 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 feedback, your opinion. We want to interact with you guys. Yeah, so you can definitely reach out to us on uh, on our Instagram, on our social media. You can check out the official script to screen page on Facebook as well. Just uh, facebook.com slash script to screen pod. You can also email us at script to screen show uh, at gmail.com. Um, and I think that's it. That's pretty uh, much it. You know, we're we're um we don't want to sound like we're begging, but we do love to hear from our listeners. We do yeah. love to hear from our fans. Uh, so make sure that you do do that um, and make sure you can uh, you leave us a comment or your feedback of the show and how you're liking it, because we would love to hear from you as well. Absolutely. And you can do so on Podbean or on Podchaser.com. Just look up script to screen. So thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you join us again tomorrow at 3 p.m. Make sure you go to the movies. Watch, you watch mo- stuff. And you watch movies as well. We're counting down towards our, you know, December films and Christmas season films. So uh, make sure to prep a list of your favorite Christmas movies because we'll sure feature that in our Christmas special because I feel like it's going to be a two-parter this year. Probably. We could do a two-parter Christmas special, couldn't we? We could. We could. We could. You know, we'll start off on the spotlight and end in the news hour. Yeah. Like a crossover. Sure. Okay, I think it's time for us to leave. I I got very confused. (laughs) See you later, guys. Bye. Hi, I'm Alan. And I am Hat Solo. And together we can rule the galaxy. Uh, That might take too much time. Let's talk about films and TV instead. That makes sense. Join us at 3 p.m. every Friday for Script to Screen Spotlight and Saturday for the Script to Screen News Hour. We'll be discussing all the latest news from the film and TV industry. And we'll also enchant you with some of the greatest songs and soundtracks out there. Script to Screen, only on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM. Made to be heard.